skin. If we're behind, then never mind. We'll fight and fight and win, for we're from Tigerland. G'day everybody and welcome to the ninth edition of Tiger Tragics. Mitchell Scott is my name. I say hello to Carl Bianco. Hello Mitchell. And Tony Shebecki. Uh, hello boys. Is this episode nine or episode ten? It's episode nine. We've just had a double check of that. We're up to episode <laughs> right, cool, nine. Cool. And I just want to say first of all how nice it is to have a weekend where there's all sorts of drama. Teams come from behind. Teams blow games and it wasn't ours. Yeah, very much so. Well, I'm glad you feel that way. You know what? All I want to do is go to a Richmond game and enjoy a win. Yeah, I just can't do that at the moment. I find myself sitting there with three goals up, one at three-quarter time, and all I could do was think, oh, my God, it's going to happen again. We've ki- we're going to kick ourselves out of this game. Boys, please, for the sake of my heart and for the opportunity for me to actually see you in a grand final once more, just do it a lot easier. Don't put us through this stress. I think to go to the point that Carl's been banging on about for a long time and it's becoming more apparent week by week. Goal kicking is definitely an issue but just to recap for those who aren't aware, we've won our 8th game of the season, 11-18-84 there lies the issue, 11-18-84 to Carlton, 8-10-58 26 point win uh, we solidify our spot in the 8th, we're 6th, we're a game clear of falling out of the 8th, there's a couple of teams around us there um, and it was against our old enemy in Carlton. And uh, thank you, Carlton Show, for the slab of Stonewood Pacific Ale. You. you up the, the ante from the Furfies. Yes, we, thank do, you. we do love the Furfies. We're looking forward to uh, drinking them as we watch Saturday night when we take on Port Adelaide. But uh, some general thoughts, Subex, I suppose, as you say there, it's, uh, it was a tough one to sort of really enjoy the whole way through. It just felt like a real grind. And sometimes, while well, sometimes it's good to be able to just get the put your head down and grind out a win to get the four points and move on, it just it's hard to enjoy, isn't it? Well, they say good teams win ugly, Mitchell. And I think. Uh, well, if that's the case, Richmond must be the best team in the AFL because <laughs> we've won some ugly ones this year, haven't we? But uh, yeah, it was it was an ugly match. It wasn't a, it wasn't a pretty match. And I think the fact that second quarter was uh, a determining factor for us in regards to our goal kicking. From three three at quarter time, we scored two seven in the enough, uh, in the it? second quarter. No, it's just, it isn't. It's not good enough. And, and whether they're set shots or whether they're on the run, I mean, these guys are getting paid a lot of money to kick goals and they just need to be converting that more often. But 70% of the play in that second quarter and we weren't able to convert. And I mean, this is going to be the problem with Richmond. We're not a high-scoring team, so we've got to make sure that the amount of shots that we have at goal are actually converted goals. If you don't, you're going to put yourself under a lot of pressure percentage-wise, and as it stands at the moment, we're 3% behind Melbourne, and we're, we're, what are we, 24% behind Port Adelaide, who sit fourth. Now, there's a, that's a game. That means we've effectively not only got to beat Port Adelaide this week, but get another game clear of them to ensure ourselves a spot in the four. Percentage is going to be so important when it comes to the end of the year, isn't it? Because that's going to be the difference between, in such a close year, between you know fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, maybe ninth, tenth, even eleventh and twelfth, and particularly against the Carlton side that, uh, you know, they looked tired. They didn't really look like they were applying that pressure. Or you know across the board like we've we've copped in recent weeks and and what with the way they've been able to do they 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 are a young side who had made some changes and we, you know I don't think they tackled all that well which made it a little bit easier for us to get those entries and once we sort of got it on our terms um, you know we we were always going to win I think but even then as you say she you couldn't enjoy it because there's always that knot in your stomach going. Oh, what if what if Carl your thoughts initially of the game? Oh look it was a scrappy game overall but. The main thing we wanted was a win. I thought right at the end in that last quarter where it mattered most, Carlton applied a lot of pressure on us. However, we managed to respond to them, kick a few goals, and we got over the line. 
We get the four points. We move on next to next week and make our focus port Adelaide Adelaide Oval. Overall, some pieces I liked of the game, some pieces I didn't like. But as I said, four points, and we make our attention port Adelaide now. I thought they allowed us to move the ball really well through the centre. There were so many times where Asprey or, or Rance would clean it up across the centre half back line. Yep. Handball, handball, little kick, and we we always we kept looking inwards towards the corridor. And there were so many times where we took a mark or collected the ball just on that sort of the front line of the of the uh, centre square there, and then turned around and were able to waltz in. But we just couldn't kick straight. Um, and as you say, that two seven in the uh, in the second quarter, game should have been over at half time. I just got that you have that feeling all round because of what happened on uh, you know you had Thursday night where. Hawthorne 17th beats Adelaide first. And then Friday night, you know, Essendon pulls the Richmond, as, as they would say. But, you know, I didn't see all the memes like Richmond and all the pile on like we'd, uh, we've had in recent weeks. When another team, you know, blew a lead. You know, that was that was far more epic than what we ever did to Frio. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, Saturday night we had the Dogs and uh, the dogs and North Melbourne play out an epic close one. And Melbourne managed to pinch it against West Coast. And then even Geelong managed to snatch it from, you know, six goals back against Fremantle. And I just had that feeling all along like, you know, the most Richmond thing for Richmond to do for the whole round would be to like say to all those people, "Hey, hold my beer. I'm going to go and do this even more." And thankfully, it was just it was kind of the, that dour uh, match. The positives, you know, Dustin Martin was BOG again. He had it on a string and was able to do as he pleased. And I and I think that was uh, pretty evident across the day that um, whilst that you know Kuno had tagged Ablett the week before, that that wasn't the case. What did you guys make of Dusty's game? Oh, I thought Dusty was spectacular in, uh, in in a game that you know he really had the opportunity to to shine and he did. He, he's good at that, isn't he? When you know he's going to have a good game against a team that he probably should have a good game against, he doesn't disappoint. And uh, I think that's a, that's an excellent quality of Dustin Martin. And Richmond just have to do everything now to make sure that they move to hold him on a new contract because you can't afford to lose a player like that. But what I am thinking of as a positive for us is each week now we seem to be getting a couple of new players into the best players. And as you look at this week's, I mean, Martin and Rance, their standouts, they have been and they'll always be there in the best players. But the next three or four are always seem to be changing each week. So blokes seem to be having, uh, you know, it's not the same three, four, five or six that are putting in each week. Lambert, I thought, was fantastic yesterday. No he was doubt brilliant. about it. Greek. Grig in the first quarter, the first half, I actually thought Grig was uh, was pretty good up forward, and uh, Alice really got into the ball as well. So it's good to see that we're getting those different players into the best players scenario, and it's not just the same blokes week in and week out. I really found it surprising um, in the first quarter. The, the guy who got us going was Jason Castagna. Kicked a couple, yeah, well, he won a free kick, took a couple of marks. First, yeah. And, uh, you know, I suppose you know, for consistency for those guys is always going to be the challenge for, for those young blokes go through the... Uh, just to maintain their, their standards throughout the year. But, you know, he's he's done reasonably well. I mean, we, we sat here, Carl, I reckon, about a month ago and said, look, he's the one who probably needs to go back and have a rest. And mm-hmm. to their credit, they've stuck with him and he's, he's done reasonably can well. I, can, we just, can we just get it clarified that I didn't? I actually thought that he was in my best 22. Yeah, no, you did. You did. I'll, we'll, put you, we'll, we'll, we'll give you on the record. Carl, where, where did you sit with – who did you think stood out for us? Um, yeah, I have to agree with Lambert. I think he played a really good game, certainly a game – which made me reconsider my best 22, uh, I, I think, anyway. And, yeah, Castagna, I'm, I'm still touching go on him, but I think, yeah, he, he had a really good game on the weekend and showed why he deserves his spot now, best 22, as well. I think also um, Lloyd did a couple of things which helped us at times as well. I thought he had his best game for the yeah, year, actually. He didn't, he didn't really hit the scoreboard, but I thought he was uh, he, he just his, his use of the ball and he was in contests and he... He was kicking it long, and I thought that was very, you know, very 
sort of uh, consistent of Sam Lloyd because he normally sort of flutters in and out of games a bit, Sam. But yeah. no, he was he was there for the full four quarters, which was fantastic. Uh, one negative, I guess, was um, you know I, we'll, we'll touch on Basher Hooley shortly, but uh, Toby Nankervis kind of got towelled up by Matthew Cruiser. Cruiser was fantastic all day, and there were rumours there were rumours going into the game that uh, Nankervis might have missed that he was. Uh, that he was a bit sore from the week before, having had the two ruckmen up against him, and he, you know, might have needed a, a bit of a break. Marich and Soldo both played in the VFL, so come, you know, twelve thirty in the afternoon when you when he was playing. But um, yeah, just Cruiser, who's been in fantastic form for Carlton, was just sort of uh, took him for a run. Really, he kicked a couple of goals himself, and Nankervis wasn't really influential in any way by the time. But we, we, we're following this pattern now. I think we're. If we know that the other Ruckman's going to be dominant, we don't even contest it. It's happening more and more. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. What do you reckon? It's happening more in uh, against a lot, not just us, but a lot of teams are doing exactly the same thing where they know that there seems to be uh, four or five dominant Ruckman in the competition and it looks like teams are conceding that fact. I thought uh, Cruiser was without a doubt the best player for Carlton. And uh, you're right, Nankervis, to get a little bit of a towel up. Maybe he does need a week's rest, and maybe I wouldn't. I hope it's not against Port Adelaide because I think we're going to really need him against Paddy Ryder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, against Paddy Ryder, who played his 200th on the weekend. One thing, though, you mentioned it in regards to Castani getting a couple of marks up forward. I think, boys, this is probably one of our biggest issues at the moment, and it's something that we've talked about the last few weeks. Is uh, what was the what was the band called? Jack and his Five Small Men, or whatever it was yeah, known it was, as. Yeah, I think this is going to be an issue for us guys at the moment because it seems like they're getting in Jack's way. How many times yesterday did we see Jack Revolt have that body demeanour and that look in his eye when guys like Castagna and Lloyd and those sort of blokes were actually coming over, either over the top and spoiling Jack, who was in a perfect marking position. He was getting himself to stages where he was going to take the mark and then all of a sudden a little bloke could just come from the side and rip it out of his hand. I think this could be a major issue for us. I tend to agree, I tend to agree, particularly when we're dominating the inside fifty so much. For example, yesterday we had sixty-two to forty-one, yet we only kicked eleven goals. Sixty-two to forty-one, and uh, yeah. you know, if there's any, if we we have to be ta- cap- capitalising on every single situation we have going forward. We did lower our eyes once we sort of worked that out a little bit, and guys like Butler bobbed up to take a few marks here and there, where we went these short little sideways kicks inside fifty. Um, but, you know, I just don't think we're punishing it enough. And it, that's just that part of that cohesion of if you have that extra tall forward up there with Jack, uh, it probably helps them that they can sort of direct the traffic away a little bit. Instead, everyone's going to try and crumb Jack when the ball comes in. So they're all hitting the one spot. And it's like seagulls well, trying to feed on try, chips. But try and crumb him. But don't try and spoil him. I agree. I agree. There's three, there's three of their blokes trying to do exactly that as well. You don't need four or five. Hmm. Now, on the topic of our goal kicking... Matthew Richardson is still around the club. He kicked, what was it, 700, 800 goals? I think he's in the 800 club, 800 yeah. goals? He, he's definitely around the club. He does raw vision and other things. Why isn't he assisting Justin Lepage with the fourth line? Just giving him a little bit of advice, certain ways and strategies to kick straight in front of goal. It's an interesting point. I don't, oh, know, yeah. I don't know that coaching was ever really part of Richo's direction that he wanted Men- to go in. Mentoring, but- not coaching, yeah, mentoring. mentoring right. Just This is the direction you should be aiming for. This is the sort of uh, way you should be holding the football when you kick in front of goal. I'm not saying but that he has up, to. Carl, Carl we've, got, we've got guys who, are, who have been brought into the AFL under the, the pretense that they're forwards. So Jack Revolt's been a forward all his life. He's been playing forward since under nines. Are you trying to tell me that all of a sudden he forgets how to kick a goal? 
No, no, no. I'm not. It's going to be more than that. It's going to, it's going to be more than just getting a, an ex-champion goal kicker like Matthew Richardson to work with Jack Revolt on kicking goals because he knows exactly what he's doing. Castanian knows exactly what he's doing. Butler knows what he's doing. They all know how to kick a goal. They just don't For some reason, they're just not doing it. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if it's in the execution part because, once again, that wouldn't have changed from either. If they can kick one goal, why can't they kick two? It's, it's, it's a weird... I still really think it's a lot of it is in the head. Yeah, I, su- I suppose so, but then why are we so inconsistent? But, we, but, we, but we, we're, inconsist- we're consistently inconsistent in that we are consistently not kicking enough goals. Every game because we're having all these opportunities because as because our forward pressure is is it were it was yesterday was was case in point of why that game plan is working because we had the ball so much up our end and you know in terms of the arm wrestle we were always going to win I think but in terms of actually really genuinely putting teams away which is going to be so important in the in the context of the year we really need to be capitalising on those opportunities and uh, you know as I said the the, the inside fifty differential yesterday was twenty one. 21, yet we kicked... Oh, we only kicked, was it three more goals than Carlton? Yeah, and they kicked 11, we kicked eight. Oh, sorry, the other way around. We, so, we kicked 11, they kicked eight, and we dominated them. So this is, what it, this is where the problem lies, is that I think because people like us continue to talk about it, the media and the, in the newspapers and the like continue to talk about it, and the supporters, these guys are getting in front of goal, and the pressure is really on. Jeez, I've got to kick this. I don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss another one. We don't want to miss another one. So all of a sudden, they're missing two or three, and the pressure continues to build is what I think is happening. And then these guys are having a shot. All right, we've missed three or four from dead in front. Let me be the one that fixes the rot. And it's not happening. They miss. Oh, God, here we go again. And I think this is what... I'm pretty sure to me it's more a mental thing than a technique thing because I can't believe that five or six players all have a bad technique when they all know how to kick goals. How many games have we lost by under two goals? Four, Four, haven't we? Yeah. Exactly. And if we had have kicked an extra two goals in at least two of those games, we could be in a slightly better position than what we are now. Oh, no doubt about it. I'm not doubting that at all, Carl. But I'm just saying I don't think the problem is as simple as getting a Matthew Richardson to stand next to Jack Revolt when he's kicking goals and say, Rodeo, show me how you kick it. Oh, maybe you could just tilt the ball a fraction to the left there and maybe move your hand down the ball a little bit more. And Jack say, mate, what are you talking about? This is the way I've kicked for the, all my life. Nothing's changed. Just, I don't think it's in their technique. Just to summarise all that, I guess it's, the point being is that uh, you know this, this ability to put teams away, good teams put, good, you know, put their opposition away by hitting the scoreboard, we, the, you know, the whole reason that when it comes down to it, you can go through all the different reasons. Is it mental disintegration, blah, 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 blah. If we, if we kick straight up, we don't. We don't even allow those games to be in Correct. the situation they're in. So that's what we need Correct. to. That, that's between now and finals. And you know, we still haven't. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We have. We, don't, we, we haven't qualified for finals. Yes, we're, we're putting our best foot forward at the moment. We could have had a better foot forward. Um, but, the, but you know, it's it's all about for between now and round twenty three. Is we need to be starting that like we got Brisbane in three weeks now. They're Port Adelaide next week. We'll talk about that shortly because that's going to be a really crucial game. And you know, I don't think we're all. I don't think any of us are really expecting a win there. But um, you know, against Brisbane, that needs to be a, that needs to be a percentage booster. That's not just to get the four points grinded out and move forward. That is a percentage booster. There should be a couple of other those down the track uh, in the rest of it as well. Interesting number when you go back through our results this year. Um, if we score seventy six points or more, we win. If we score, just, if, yeah, if we score, if we score seventy five or under, we lose, and that's been the issue. Uh, you know, seventy six seems to be the magic number. So, 
Uh, something to uh, something to ponder there. So what, what did we score yesterday? We got uh, we got 84. 84. 84 when we lost to so GWS. Goals. We need to score 13 goals. Yeah, when we when we lost to GWS, I think it was 75. When we lost to the Bulldogs, I think it was 75. Or maybe it was G- 74 to GWS, but it was, some, it was something around that mark. It was If I go back through it really quickly, uh, we'll go back to round five. We won that. So yeah. round, round six. You're bang we got, on. We hit six, 64. We kicked against Adelaide. So we lost that one. Then 75 against the Dogs. Lost that by five points. Then we kicked 70 against Frio. Lost that. 75 against GWS. Lost that. 81 against Essendon. Won that. Uh, 101 against North won that. Uh, then we had the bye. Then 71 against Sydney lost that, and then 84 obviously on the weekend. And we and so that's the magic number. So third, 12, 13 goals, and we uh, we should be winning games. And that's and that's I suppose reflective of how consistent our defensive measures have been for the year. That we're not we're not letting teams kick much more than that, uh, but we just need to make sure that we're ahead of it on the ledger. That probably brings us to a player who. Probably not going to be with us for a couple of weeks, it would appear. Uh, Basher Hooley, uh, midway through the thir- first quarter. He's running through the centre of the ground. His opponent, Jed Lamb's running right with him. It seems to be some sort of grappling. Uh, Basher throws an arm back. It, it does strike uh, Jed Lamb in the neck and above. Lamb goes down, concussed, doesn't, uh, doesn't reappear for the rest of the game. So... Uh, if I look at the, t- we'll, t- we'll sort of go through this by looking at the table of offences because I think we all agree that he's he's not getting off scot free this. But um, no, okay. So the first the first thing we need to work out is this intentional or careless because that's going to be the big difference I think between w- well, what he where he likes. Take, so, inti- take intentional off the table straight away. You don't think there, it was intentional, Shabex? He is Basher Hooley is not the sort of player that would intentionally knock out a guy. It was it was careless, no doubt. It was really stupid and a silly thing to do. But intent, there was absolute no intent there at all. Carl, what do you think? Yeah, look, no intent, but he's still going to miss two weeks, I reckon. Yeah. Well, when if we... oh yeah, no, I'm not saying he's not going to miss something, but it's it wasn't intentional. It's not one that's going to go straight to the tribunal. If we're going to, uh, if we, if it'll it'll go if it's class straight to the tribunal if it's class as intentional. But I'm I'm sort of with you, Shebex, in that I think the sort of precedent when it comes to uh, these sort of situations, unless it's an absolute obvious, uh, you know, standing there going toe to toe and he swung one, which is what which is what they're cracking down with the jumper punches, and that, therefore that's why they're getting graded intentional. If there's some little even grey area, the MRP speaking to people on the MRP, they have to prove. To get intentional, the intent to execute that exact action has to be proven. So the intent has to be it has to be classed as I oh, he he intention he intended to strike him in the head. That was the intention. I think the intention was to get his player off him because he was running right there with him and just trying yeah. to move him away, not to concuss him. They have to move, they have to prove that. The intent was concussion to concuss his opponent for it to be graded intentional. So therefore, I'm with you. I think it'll be careless. Uh, it was certainly to the neck and above, so that comes under high high contact. Uh, I struggle to think of anything less than high impact. I mean, he was concussed. He didn't come back under the game. He failed a concussion test, so they were one man down for the majority of the match. Um, so that's where that comes in with what you had, Carl. Yeah. That comes in as three down to two with a guilty plea. I think he'll take that and run. You, would you agree? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, I would. If I was him, I'd definitely take the two weeks and just say, all right, look, I've done something stupid and uh, move on from there. Do no um, no, you know what annoys me, though? Uh, honestly, can we, can we stop coaches from saying they haven't seen the incident? Oh, yeah. Every <laughs> coach's box has a TV in it. 
every coach's box is either tuned into the scoreboard feed or it's tuned into the Foxtel or, or, or uh, Channel 7 feed. Not to mention now, the 20... when a player goes down like that... Sorry. Sorry, uh, Mitchko. I was just going to say, not to mention the 25 other screens in the, in the coach's box where they all have a computer where they're, where they're literally fast-forwarding, rewinding footage. Correct. Now, that, that shot was replayed, or the hit from Hawley was replayed four, five, six times on television yesterday. Are you telling me that not at one point did Damien Hardwick actually look up at a television and have a look at it to say, oh, geez, is that what happened? I didn't... And, I, and I'll accept the fact that he didn't see what happened live. That's, he might have been doing something else. But at, so for him to come to the press conference and every other coach to come into the press conference and say, to be honest with you, I haven't seen it. Please. Do not start the sentence with being honest with you because there's no way you can be. You must have seen it. You had to have. You just had to have. What's the safest way for a coach to sort of get away with that? Is it just to, is it just to say, look, I've seen it. I need to let the, the judicial powers do their, their course, but, uh, you know, Correct. and sort of stand by your player in whatever sense. Because like, it, it just there's nothing more idiotic, yeah. I think, than sort of trying to play dumb in that sort of situation. Um, and it, it sort of makes... In, in this case, what should have happened was... In this case, what should have happened was Damien Hardwick said, look, I saw it. I'm not going to make a comment on it due to the fact that it's going to go up because he's been reported, so I don't want to influence it in any way. But all I do want to say is that Basha Hawley is a player that we know does not have a bad bone in his body. He's a peaceful guy, all this sort of stuff. And I just don't believe that he would have intentionally done that. But it happened. Let's leave it at that. Let's see what the MRP says. End of story. Move on. So on that, so he sits out a couple Put of weeks. Put in a character reference for you, bloke. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be sending this audio straight to the match review panel as soon as we fit, for, fit uh, publish on it, Shebex, just to make sure that we can uh, we can help our bloke out. We hit with he he's, he'll be out for a couple of weeks, so uh, opens up a spot in the team for someone to come in. Vlosten had his first game back in the VFL, wasn't listed amongst the best. Uh, Miles had another day out, as he seems to be doing at the moment. He's too good to be playing in that VFL team regularly, but it's just with the setup at the moment. This they might had be the a really good to win at. too. Yeah, they smashed Northern Blues, so we had a, we had a double up there over Carlton. Just on the topic of Miles. I saw an article published in the last 48 hours that other VFL clubs are looking to pick Miles up. So, because he's playing a lot of VFL football, he's gaining the interest of other VFL clubs. We need to do something about that and make sure that he isn't gaining the interest of other VFL clubs because he should be in our best 22. Was he, what's his contract situation? I suppose that's the question. Is he, is he out of contract at the end of the year or has he got another year? Or? Uh, we'd have to check. We'll have to... Because uh, he, he's the sort of player, I think, that if he's not getting opportunity and he is contracted, he will put up his hand to seek opportunity elsewhere because he... Two years ago, he was the, the new kid on the block and went, geez, we plucked this kid out. You know, we got him out of GWS. He came here as a rookie. They, they, he, they pushed him out purely because, again, he had that situation up there where, you know, you're a good player, mate, but we just... We've got... You know, guys like Dylan Shield and Callan Ward ahead of you. So sorry, so you're out. He's come here. He's he had a blinding first season with us. Lacked for consistency, and then uh, and then last year has just sort of fallen away again. Um, not to the point where he's you know it's not a knock on him, but he just there's just not a spot in the team for him, and it's a bit of a shame because he is um, he's a genuinely good player. He just I suppose doesn't damage enough in so, in some things, but he's probably the the obvious one to maybe come in, maybe go to a halfback flank. He does use the ball well. Um, uh, ben Lennon uh, did pull out with illness. He was in the squad and he didn't he didn't end up playing. Uh, Steve Morris ripped, uh, had some sort of significant hamstrings injury as well. Oh. Yes, Shebex. Can we talk about your boy, Josh Caddy? Yes. What would you like to say? And that stubbing of the toe in the first quarter. Oh, that oh, yeah. My God. 
What he kicked the ground? What happened? You, you talk, we talk about we've, we've spent ten minutes in the in this talking about wasted opportunities, right? And that that was the oh, most epic fail. Me. What happened? I mean, I was I was sitting at the ground and didn't see a replay, but just saw this ball stunge. Yeah, he just he literally just kicked the ground. He missed the ball totally, and his foot. It was lucky he didn't give himself a case of turf toe. It's hard to think that at this level, it's kind of like that old Seinfeld average. You know that. This, the per, uh, there was, I think it was Elaine said, oh, a bit down on the fork. And it's like, you know what? After so many years of eating uh, experience, it's hard to make a mistake like that. Well, you know what? After 10, 10 years of playing in the AFL in the AFL system from, from under 18s up and, you know, your juniors and everything, it's hard to think you might you can have a fresh area like that when, you've, when you're literally standing there with a man on the mark just trying to move the ball forward. It's in... Uh, yeah, that was uh, disappointing from Caddy. He's still lacking for con- for that consistency, I think. And he's he's, he's one of those players that yeah. you, you won't find here... You won't... If if you're looking for a player to uh, to chase and defend for your life, I'm not picking Josh Caddy. He will uh, he'll, he sta- he just stands a kick off the pace, just looking for looking out a little bit, look for looking for the easy one, which you do need those sort of players yeah. in your team that you need to be running forward. But he uh, yeah he's not the uh, he's not the type to uh, to be to re- overly running both ways hard enough. I think that's what he's got to improve in his game. Before we talk about Port Adelaide, uh, just one last thing I wanted to touch on before we do that was uh, did you happen to read Trent Cochin's column yesterday in the Herald Sun about the real Dustin Martin? What did you think? So the the article essentially was Trent talking about, you know, everyone p- thinks that Dusty's just this, uh, you know, tattooed party party animal who, you know, he's got louse. a yeah, bit of a lout, a yep. little bit of a checkered past with, you know, his dad's now living in New Zealand because he's been deported, you know, it all, it screams, you know, sort of tabloid headlines. But, uh, you know, it's just sort of painted this picture that he's, you know, he's actually quite a cultured person in some ways he's a very good cook loves his food uh deep thinker i never would have thought that of dustin martin uh when it came to you know being philosophical about life and your place in it and you know Koch said that they both actually make a a reasonably dynamic duo in terms of uh you know they both taught each other things about life lessons that you know Koch felt he was trying to please everyone and be perfect and Dusty was just like his own man, and they actually were able to balance each other from that and teach each other some life lessons. I just found it really interesting reading, and when again, when I read stories like that, it just further solidifies my belief that he will stay, and we're all confident of that, I think. Um, are we still very confident of that? Gentlemen, raise our hands up, Dan. No, well, I, I, look, I, I think from reading that article, I think you can definitely see that uh, Dustin Martin is entrenched in the Richmond Football Club. Uh, he's... Uh, his association, his relationship with the players and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's going to play a massive factor. From having a read of that article, he doesn't seem like the bloke that's just going to chase an extra $100,000, $200,000. I think you know, values and things like that really do hold strong to him, and that's probably something that's come through his family. You know, is that once you're you know, part of a, a, a group of blokes, I was going to say a gang, but that's probably not the right word, but you know, once you're part of a, a group of people, that you know, you stick with that group of people through thick and thin, and uh, you know that's that's obviously seems to be the past of his father, and uh, I think that one you know it's definitely something that uh, holds very strong in Dustin's uh, in Dustin's makeup. So I would think that that goes a long way, and that article goes a long way to saying to me that I think we're a, a massive chance to hold him. I think when it comes down to the nut of the whole exercise of this whole contract negotiation here is it's just his client, you know, Ralph Carr's just trying to get the absolute best money out of Richmond for his client. I think that's what it, that's what we're coming down to. And here. so he should. Yep. What do you think, Carl? When, yeah, you, when, I say, so when, I, when I say when I say Dustin Martin has taught Trent Cotchin life lessons, what do you does that take you by surprise? No, not really. Uh, just breezing over the article yesterday, 
couple of things that uh, that really stood out for me was the fact that you know they uh, Cochin, as you said, had learnt from from Dusty and the investment that uh, Dusty had put into himself and his career as well. I, I think also not only has he done that to help his own personal development, but I think the club has certainly made a massive investment in Dusty and helped with his development, developed him into the player that he is today. So I think it would be a really, really poor decision on Dusty and his manager's behalf if he did leave Richmond. I mean, it's their decision at the end of the day, but the amount of time and effort that's gone into the development of Dustin Martin at the Richmond Football Club and the amount of support he's been given during difficult times as well, not just by the staff, but the playing team as well, the actual, the, his, his fellow players. Oh, yeah, I think he's going to stay at Tigerland. If he doesn't, it'll be disappointing for everyone. I Just uh, just to close that out, I, I think that uh, if you're unless you're looking to move into state like Buddy Franklin kind of did, he wanted to get out of the bubble of it all, uh, you're at a big Melbourne club that's going places. Why would you want to leave Richmond? Like why why would you leave why would you leave yeah. Richmond to go to bloody Arden Street? I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't really uh, grab at my fancy. But uh, we look ahead now. Saturday night, Adelaide Oval. We've got a reasonably good record there. We play take on Port Adelaide, who it's fair to say did a number on on uh, Collingwood on Saturday at the MCG. Very impressive. Paddy Ryder and uh, Robbie Gray just putting on a show. Uh, it's gonna be a tough one, I think. What do you guys reckon? Oh, you're definitely right about Robbie Gray putting on a show. He was uh, amazingly good for Port Adelaide, had an absolute day out. Uh, be interesting to see how they come up with their injuries. I think Westhoff has a, a, a possible, I heard a possible fractured thumb. So if that's the case, he may be out for a, a couple of weeks and that might be a, a bonus for us. It's nice to have uh, him playing for them. But uh, yeah, look, this is, a, this is a big one for Richmond uh, for the fact that we stand on the same amount of points with Port Adelaide, 32. But as I mentioned earlier, that percentage of 24% difference is massive. So for us to get into the top four, we have to beat Port Adelaide this week. It has to start here. If we don't, Port Adelaide go a game and 20 and maybe 30% ahead of us. And that's going to be a bridge too far, I would have thought, to, uh, to clean up in the last seven or eight games. So... Really needs to start here for the Tigers. A win over Port Adelaide, and uh, I'm pretty sure they'll know how important it is. We need to start like we did against Adelaide over there in round six, where we we you know we put our best foot forward, took the crowd out of it. Unfortunately for us in that game, is we just had an Adelaide team that had an extra gear to go. Um, I think I don't think Port Adelaide are quite as dynamic as Adelaide when they were flying. But um, if we 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 got to come out of the blocks, we need to be you know like we kick three three in the in the first quarter and then two seven in the second quarter. We need to be we need to be putting six seven goals on the board in the first quarter. I think to be really uh, you know putting the foot to the throat, and then we can't afford to sort of pull back and just and just try to hang on um, because they will they will come at us eventually if you know if they get a sniff you know if Robbie Gray uh, you know does pull pull one out of the hat as he can if Charlie Dixon you know starts clunking some marks although you know I, I get the feeling that Alex Rance may again just yeah, add to his tally for this year just notch another scalp on the borders and particularly if Westhoff isn't there to be the chop out but um, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge and uh, you know I, I know that a lot of people have been saying fair income let you know Richmond need to go and get a scalp this is it's this is time. It's time for a scalp, I think. And this is this is the one that if yeah, we if we get this, is. suddenly we go to not you know nine to five, and we, you know we, we're the working day. Um, you know eight and eight and five at the moment. Eight and eight nine and five sounds a lot better than eight and six. Although you know again eight and five sounds better than seven and six, which it could have been. So um, 
you know, Carl, what are you, what are you most looking forward to in this game? To see how we go over to Adelaide this time round. Obviously, Port Adelaide are a different side, so I expect us to play four quarters of football against them, and that's what we need to do. We need to play four quarters of football. We do that. We match them. We do enough. We knock them off. I'm going out here, and I'm going to say we're going to finish top four. If we can beat Port this wow. week, we're going to finish top four. Top four if we beat Port from if we Carl beat Port Bianco. This week. Uh, what's the date today? It is the... What is the date today, actually? 26th. 26th, 26th yep. of June. About 11 a.m. we're recording this, so put that in the can. If Richmond beat Port Adelaide, it's top four for the Tigers. For uh, for this, Shebex, uh, what do we need to do? Uh, what's the number one priority for us to win in this game? The number one priority for Richmond to win this game against Port Adelaide is win the toss and kick with the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get that message out? I to think Trent we Cochin? do. Well, we had him on the run home last week, and you know we were going to send him a windsock just as a thanks for coming on, just so he could get his practice up. Um, yeah, that's that's. I uh, say so we you know, we do have our our record in the big games against them over there. Fair to say, not great, but in the, you know we we have beaten them twice. I think over there at Adelaide Oval in the last three years. So, um, you know we we I actually when we wear our alternative strip over there against them, we team to go all right. Yeah. So, are we, are we going to wear that though? I think we do because they wear they'll be wearing their black and you know with the purp, with a pur- purple. What am I talking about? There for <laughs> with the with the with the teal V, um, and we'll be wearing I think the uh, the white shorts with yeah. our yellow top with the black sash, which which I I like as an alternative strip. Actually, yeah. I don't know what everyone else thinks, but yeah, I like it. You know what I do like though, boys. I, I really like the fact that we we stack up so well against their forwards for and it probably hasn't been that case for a long, long time. Our defence is playing so well at the moment, and I think that's definitely Port Adelaide's you know major uh, major asset is the, the fact that they can kick big scores. So if our boys can shut them down, I think we're uh, we're a pretty good chance of uh, of taking this. I got another big call for this week. This is going to be Asprey's best game of the season. Ooh, why is that? Don't know. Just think that he's yeah. he's had a, a great season so far, and I think this game against Port Adelaide, we need somebody to stand up in our back line. I reckon it's going to be Asprey. I think I think Dylan Grimes might be the one. I think because he he's the one who probably goes to Robbie Gray. That's actually what the argument probably maybe do bring Vlosten back in instead of um, instead of Miles uh, talking about with uh, with with Hooley missing is perhaps you know he he is that bit of a stronger body. He can and he can bulk the, the defense a bit. And you know what they do have some tough nuts in the middle like you know Ollie Wines and. And those kind of guys who, you know, they they, they do uh, pride themselves on their on their physicality, and you know they're, they're sort of in that that I know it's a bit cliche, but that Joel Selwood mould of being bulls at it. Um, you know, we, we've got Dusty, and we've got some nice flashy guys as well, and Caddy and Presti go in there, but maybe we just need to add that extra one in the middle there, uh, just to just to just to ramp it up a little bit, just to maybe you know add the physicality there, and you know. The guys like you know Chad Wingard played a bit of a sacrificing role against Collingwood on the weekend, and um, you know those sort of guys who were once one-way runners have got a bit more dynamic ability about them as well. So uh, we uh, we look forward to Saturday night. Your tip, Joni Shebeki. Port Adelaide by ten goals, as is tradition. Sticking to tradition, Carl. Yours. You're saying you're saying if we win, we go. We you know we're a legitimate top four team. What yeah. Do you, do you think we actually pass the test? I, yeah, look, from my perspective, it would have been nicer if we had been on four wins right now. Uh, sorry, four losses right now. My bad, four wins would be a lot worse. Four wins would be, would, just, <laughs> would be sacking the coach. Uh, let's just erase that part of uh, the podcast there. No, look, if we, <laughs> if, we had a, if we had been on four losses right now, we'd be in a slightly better position to be top four right now at the present. But I reckon we win this week. We've got uh, nine wins on the board. We're looking good. 
And the following week, if we uh, win as well, then it's going to be 10 wins and five losses. Touchwood, that's how we are in two weeks' time. So I think, yeah, we get this win and top four is looking good. Next, but The next month, I look, I, I think Port... Can I, I say... Yeah. I was going to say, can I say, I'll say with authority this week because Port's average winning margin is 61 points. They've had some so minnows they've built them up, win, haven't they? They will win by 10 goals. Yeah, no, you, you, <laughs> yeah they have. Fair, fair point, fair point. I think, I think Port will probably shade us, but I think we'll be, as we have been in all games, aside from the one against Adelaide, I think we'll, be, we'll take it right up to them. I, I just wonder whether they might just have a little bit more class and, um, you know, particularly if Paddy Ryder gets on top of Nankervis, who's been a warrior all year, Nank. We love him, but, you know, he did show signs yesterday that he might be just needing, you know, a little bit of help there and, uh, it's it's you know it might be a bridge too far. I, I'm not. I, I'd love Richmond to win. I think we're capable of winning it. But I just think when I weigh it all up, Port probably get the chocolates because I, I saw what they did against Collingwood on the weekend and they were spectacular. But the the, the games after that, but they we take on St Kilda at Eddie Had and look they didn't really do anything to wow me yesterday against Gold Coast. So I think we I think we probably have them covered. Then we play, have Brisbane actually at Eddie Had Stadium. We again that needs to be a percentage booster. And then GWS at the MCG, which could be anything. I think it might be GWS's first game at the G for the year actually when we when we play them so um you know you want you want we want to be winning two of those maybe three um maybe well, ideally four but you know if we win if we win two of those we go to 10 and would it be 10 and 10 and 7 with five weeks to go and you probably need to just bank two of the mm. last five to and you know to get your final so we win three and it really does set us up for to lock us in for that final spot and uh to to maybe push for top four cal Here's a fun fact Fingers for you. Fingers crossed. Here's a fun fact for you guys. Mitch, you know how you said earlier on in the podcast that Richmond, on average, have scored 76 points, and that's us Wait, recording I, I, a win? I said, it, I said if, we, if, if, we reach, if we score 76 or more, we've won every game. Yeah. So a fun fact for you. Two years ago, when we played uh, Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, it was uh, in May, so it was um, around about two years ago, we'll say. Anyway, getting to the point... We got 76 points on the board, 11-10-76, and we defeated Port Adelaide by 33 points. They were dour that day. I remember we just mm. spanked them. It was fantastic. And that was one, That was I think, when they first started calling for a bit of a, you know, a bit of a calamity down there. A bit of, a bit of Ken Hinckley uh, pressure first came on at the very first point. So that was uh, we sort of set the wheels in motion. But there. we made finals in 2015. Yeah, we did. And we, we did. beat Port we, Adelaide by 33 points. We won 15 games for that year and lost in the first final, and we'll never speak of it again. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Just saying, regardless of that, we beat them and we recorded 76 points, 11-10. So if we can do the same thing this week, then we might beat them again and it'll be nice. Fingers crossed. Well, I'm going to get my bottle opener and uh, dig into the esky here that Andy oh. Marr and the Carlton Show guys have kindly left us after, yes. you know, basically just uh, rolling over for us to uh, to enjoy that. So thank you, Carlton Show. We're really going to enjoy this beer and uh, we're happy to take your beer again next time when we play again in round one because we don't think we'll be playing you in finals. So nah. Um, That's what I was going to say. We'll, we'll have a bit on the finals, but no, they won't be there. Yeah, they won't be there. But look, I must say, I must say, I don't. Yesterday at the game, I feel like certainly pre-game, I felt like there was a lot more blue in the crowd than yellow and black. I was just my first impression that you know they their supporters were up and about and looking for for uh, you know a bit of blood, which is why I was happy actually going into the game. I thought you know what they can't stay up. They. Uh, they're due, they're, they're due to be down, and sure enough, they were. So we uh, we wrap that all up. We move on. We bank the points. It wasn't it wasn't pretty. We look forward to Port Adelaide, and we uh, fingers crossed we can get the job done, guys. Uh, thank you for your time again, and for another week. See you, boys. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.